This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Christensen. And today, I'm going to cover budesonide, which is a corticosteroid medication. And I'm going to focus uh, a little bit more specifically on budesonide used in the GI tract. So budesonide has the indication for Crohn's disease uh, as well as ulcerative colitis. And if you remember uh, a little bit about these two disease states, they are uh, inflammatory uh, type diseases within the uh, GI tract. Now, ulcerative colitis, uh, typically we're talking about the uh, end of the, the GI tract, the colon, and that type of area. And Crohn's disease can happen uh, more so anywhere throughout the, the GI tract and the uh, small intestine, large intestine, uh, as well as, uh, you know, the colon and, and rectal area as well. So uh, that is, you know, one of the, the big primary differences, and certainly budesonide um, can be used for that as well. Now, there are other dosage forms uh, with budesonide. I'm not going to focus on those much today, uh, more so with the um, uh, oral and uh, rectal uh, formulation there. Mechanism of action... Uh, this drug, um, again, is a corticosteroid, uh, so it's going to reduce the you know, action of, of prostaglandins, of kinins, uh, which are very, very uh, important modulators in uh, kind of creating and, and promoting uh, inflammation. And in Crohn's and ulcerative colitis, that inflammation is a problem and can cause uh, pain and damage and, and all sorts of stuff to, to happen there. Now, when using uh, steroids uh, virtually for anything, particularly uh, steroids that are going to have significant uh, systemic absorption, which budesonide has some, um, we're going to want to limit the time frame, if at all possible, uh, of use. And typically, uh, you know, for maintenance and and remission, uh, induction, um, depending upon what we're trying to do, uh, in Crohn's or in ulcerative colitis, uh, budesonide is probably going to be used for in the range of one to three months. Now, that may vary for certain situations or intolerances, um, you know, maybe extended for certain, you know, reasons or, or non-responses to other drug therapy. Uh, but kind of one to, to three months is kind of the usual um, target range for a, a course of, of budesonide. Again, depending upon what we're, we're doing there. And, you know, I, I talked about, you know, we try to limit the use of, of corticosteroids and, you know, primarily that's, you know, due to the long-term adverse effects from these, these medications. And I'll talk, talk about those in a second, but uh, first kind of starting on the, the short-term adverse effects of corticosteroids, uh, in clinical practice, the uh, two issues that I, I guess I see most common are probably GI upset 
uh, with corticosteroids as well as uh, insomnia. These uh, you know drugs can kind of amp people up a little bit. Now, budesonide may be a little bit better than, let's say, a prednisone um, due to the fact that there isn't quite as much uh, systemic absorption. And I'll also talk about that coming up. Now, the long-term uh, consequences, some examples here, uh, HPA suppression, uh, diabetes risk, uh, increasing those blood sugars, and that, that risk can happen in the, the short term. So if you've got a patient with diabetes and you put them on a, a steroid burst for a period of time, uh, those steroids can uh, jack up those blood sugars. So that's an important thing to monitor, to look out for, uh, especially when you know starting, increasing, and or discontinuing, uh, those blood sugars can kind of fluctuate in those uh, time frames. Uh, osteoporosis risk. Um, immunosuppressant uh, risk with corticosteroids. You know, I, I think of patients that maybe have, you know, active infections going on or something that, you know, it may exacerbate those infections. You know, TB is a good example there, tuberculosis. Uh, also risk to the eyes, cataracts, uh, also maybe some uh, minor uh, increased risk for glaucoma as well. So very, very important to uh, remember that. And, you know, that HPA suppression, I, I kind of talked about a little bit or I mentioned, but uh, that really suppresses the um, body's uh, own ability to produce uh, cortisol-type hormones. And that can ultimately lead to adrenocortical deficiency and adrenal crisis. So, And this risk is exacerbated by longer-term use and higher doses as well. So... Uh, important to remember that whenever we're using uh, steroids that are going to have some systemic absorption. So you may be, you know, thinking, okay, why budesonide, you know, and ulcerative colitis, Crohn's? And one of the primary reasons why we use budesonide, oral budesonide, versus, let's say, a, a prednisone, for example, uh, is the fact that budesonide has a significantly high uh, what's called a first pa pass metabolism. So that means that the drug is uh, cleared or altered very, very quickly into a more inactive form. And if you were treating something systemic, like let's say rheumatoid arthritis, where we've got to get that drug into circulation and out into the rest of the body, that's a, a downside potentially, where we're actually breaking up that drug before it gets um, out in into sig significant systemic circulation. But in the case of Crohn's and ulcerative colitis, remember this is an issue of inflammation in the GI tract. So having that medication right basically at the site of action when we ingest that medication uh, is an advantage and we can try to uh, minimize maybe some of the systemic uh, adverse effects or those long-term uh, effects as well. So that's why uh, you see uh, budesonide a little bit more preferentially used in uh, Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis. Also in kind of thinking about that uh, site of action, I did want to mention um, that dosage forms with budesonide play an important role. Uh, so in the uh, U.S. there is a uh, rectal formulation available, uh, which is comes in a rectal foam, and 
I mentioned that in Crohn's disease, uh, those Crohn's spots, inflammatory areas, can happen all throughout uh, the intestinal tract or the GI tract. With the rectal foam, if we think about ulcerative colitis, this may be more advantageous there because we can really get that to the site of action. Again, it, it really depends upon how much of the GI tract and, and what areas are involved. So you're typically not going to see that rectal foam or any type of, of rectal formulation used in patients with Crohn's disease because those uh, inflammatory spots can be all throughout the, the GI tract. Um, but it would be potentially advantageous in, or more so, uh, in a patient with ulcerative colitis. So important to, to think about those uh, aspects as well. I believe there is an enema formulation, uh, and I don't think it's available in the, the U.S. that I'm aware of. At least I haven't seen it, uh, at least recently. So um, just important to, to think about that, the site of action, and um, which uh, medications and or dosage forms uh, we may need there. Uh, if you enjoy the, the content of the Real Life Pharmacology podcast, definitely go support our sponsor, meded101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. You can find our growing list of books and educational materials, uh, board certification exam, study materials uh, like NAPLEX, BCPS, BCGP, BCACP, as well as BCMTMS. Uh, we have that newly released as well. Uh, we also have the opportunity to get uh, your first book free with Audible. And so if you haven't, uh, you can check out The Thrill of the Case or Pharmacotherapy. And again, that link is right at meded101.com slash store. Uh, go snag that Audible book for free if you've never uh, listened to one. Uh, solid six to eight hours, I believe, of uh clinical medication-related content, case studies, drug interactions, uh, really good stuff for any uh, healthcare professional that's looking to uh, pick up a few pearls and, and learn a little bit more about uh, medications. So with that, I'm going to get into uh, drug interactions here, and it's very, very important with budesonide to remember uh, CYP3A4 inhibitors. So these are drugs, this is a very, very common pathway, and if you have a CYP3A4 inhibitor on board, that can potentially uh, increase budesonide concentrations. Uh, so some classic uh, examples, clarithromycin, uh, erythromycin, some of the azole antifungals uh, like fluconazole, ketoconazole, verapamil is another uh, medication that can inhibit uh, CYP3A4. And one uh, basically food or drink that you do need to remember is grapefruit juice. So grapefruit juice can uh, inhibit CYP3A4's action, and that can lead to increased uh, budesonide concentrations as well. Uh, I also think uh, with drug interactions, I think of the immunosuppressive nature. And so if you've got you know, a, a transplant patient or somebody on immunosuppressives for some reason, like a drug like uh, tacrolimus, for example, uh, that budesonide could potentially uh, have some additive immunosuppressive effects. 
and increase the risk of things like infection there. I do think of drug disease uh, interactions uh, when I have patients who are taking uh, steroids. So first one I, I kind of alluded to in the adverse effects, so diabetes care and thinking about that budesonide, it has the potential uh, to raise those blood sugars, so I, I definitely monitor for that. Uh, also another thing I, I think about is osteoporosis risk, particularly if you know a patient's been on steroids uh, quite a bit, you know, various courses throughout their life. Uh, maybe they are on long-term steroids for some reason. Uh, that osteoporosis risk uh, is going to uh, go up for sure. And I also remember other medications that may contribute to that as well uh, if I see a patient on a steroid. So uh, drugs like phenytoin, uh, the TZDs, so pioglitazone is the example there. Uh, if you've got a patient that uh, happens to have you know hyperthyroid state or taking excessive thyroid supplement uh, for a significant period of time uh, that may also increase that risk of of osteoporosis so those are a few drug interactions I think about uh, when I think about uh, budesonide also other agents that may um, contribute to uh, GI risk uh, such as you know NSAIDs or that may increase the risk of bleeding, anticoagulants, uh, blood thinners, antiplatelet agents, things of, of that nature as well. With that, I think I'm going to wrap up the podcast for today. Uh, thanks so much for listening. If you enjoy the, the show, um, definitely leave us a rating, review. That's greatly appreciated. It uh, helps us reach uh, more people with our medication education. And certainly go support our sponsor, uh, meded101.com slash store. Greatly appreciative. Uh, to those of you who have already uh, done so there. You can reach us at reallifepharmacology.com. Also snag that free PDF. Uh, it's a 31-page PDF, I believe, where you can get uh, really important uh, clinical pearls on the top 200 drugs. Great little resource you know, if you're going through uh, nursing school, pharmacy school, med school, uh, just to make sure you know some of the really clinically relevant things um, from basic uh, pharmacology. So go check that out, uh, subscribe, and, and get that for free at reallifepharmacology.com. You can find me at LinkedIn. You can also hit the contact button at reallifepharmacology.com if you want to shoot me an email. Um, Eric Christensen, PharmD, uh, BCPS, BCGP. Uh, signing off for today. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, take care. Have a great rest of your day. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.